Hello, lovely listeners, and are you ready for a whirlwind tour through the best of entertainment? From comedy capers and political thrillers to treasure hunts and cosmic tunes, we've got it all covered. Plus, we're keeping the Frasier flag flying high. All this on this week's Airwaves podcast. to another edition of the Airwaves. My name's Carl Madden and we're here once again to talk through our week of our televisual viewing and various listening things and all kinds of whatnot we've been up to anyway. <laughs> so uh, let's crack on and meet the panel. The usual panel, but let's meet them anyway. Alex, how you been, sir? Kitchen. Kitchen. Here we go. Kitchen. The continuing bloody saga. <laughs> yeah, but I think we're... we're- I think all the distract destruction is now complete. It's now the starting of the rebuild, and that should be relatively quick. So, um, I just want my kitchen finished. I don't care about anything else now. Good. <laughs> I can't blame you. So do we now. <laughs> yeah, I bet you do. You better come round and see it before I burn the house down out of frustration. <laughs> Dear God. Oh well. So, what do you reckon? Next week done? Or is that too optimistic? Well, yeah, I mean, it could be, well, done is the wrong word. It, it could be ready to have the actual installation uh, done by next week. But it probably needs two weeks for the uh, plaster to dry, doesn't it? So. Okay. I don't know. I'm not a DIY. As long, I mean, my house is like seemingly got a permanent three inches of dust over it. It doesn't matter <laughs> what I do. So. Oh, dear. Oh, well. You can't really leave all the windows and doors open. The weather's changed. Yes, hasn't it? Oh, well. That's Britain Just for you. Tad. That's Britain for you. Also, Russ, how you been, sir? Hello, sir. Hello. Yeah, not too bad. Not too bad. You know, we used to we used to um, way way back when we used to we used to talk about the um, the weather. We did every single episode, and it was and it was it was fun, and it produced much much mirth and the cold has annoyance. Been absolutely, absolutely terrible over the last few days. Although it was all right, it was all right this evening. It was uh, I went out for a nice walk after uh, after work today, and it was uh, pleasant. A bit windy, but you know it was it was uh, yeah it was good. What well, was slightly um, slightly frustrating, and I actually sent a picture of the of the gentleman in question in 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 the distance um, to a, a friend of mine on 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 Slack, and I said uh, I, I said I'm walking up to the trig uh, point that's near me for the third time today, and. Um, this guy in in a similar hat uh, that I wear breezed past me like he was on a bloody escalator. <laughs> it's just, just like, hello, you're right. <laughs> like you carry you carry on, mate. You're all right. Get, get just didn't have to dodge the uh, the bovine menace this time. Oh, they had, uh, just last time last week they uh, they had stormed the trig point and taken it to prize. <laughs> <laughs> no idea what you're talking about, but anyway. <laughs> You not look don't at you my follow his sagas. I don't follow anyone's sagas, so you know, that's me. Except your own. Except my own. I mean, I'm encased in my own little world, especially in the last week. It's been a nightmare, but apart from that, <laughs> anyway. Yeah. Well, good at all. I know. Uh, I'm rounding up our panel. As always, Tone, how you been, sir? Help. 
Um, yeah, technical problem which we've just tried to sort. Um, th- this week, because I'm close to the trend, I felt a bit like uh, that's that that's like King Canute. <laughs> yeah, Nottingham's still flooding now, isn't it? Yeah, oh, and because yeah. I'm near Trent, fairly near Trent Bridge as well, it's yeah. Well, at least it's a bridge. Yeah, the, the bridge is fine. It's like, yeah, everything can still go over that. So, yeah. You wouldn't be playing cricket this time of year anyway, so it doesn't matter. <laughs> not, not with any sense. No. <laughs> dear, dear, dear. Well, I've done that. I've, I've broken down, basically, since our last show. Emotionally? Yeah. Or, well, no. Know, so I, I, was, I, was, I was like... a bit deep on the 100th episode. So last, last Tuesday, I was listening for quality assurance back to our last episode. And just as I finished it, I just turned off the M25 down the M23, and the engine went thud, and I just started coasting, and I thought, oh, God. And I rode down the M23, had to wait all day, ended up doing a 12-and-a-half-hour day. I was exhausted, and it didn't get any better from then on. Then I got arguments <laughs> at work and God knows what else, and oh, what a hell of a week. I'm just so glad he's over. You know, I'd still say like. best to break down on the M23 than the M25, though. Mm, probably. So you need to find some positive in there. Well, I did still on manage... The M25, you break down on the M25. They close the M25. That's true. That's true. <laughs> I do, actually. I was thinking, am I on one of those boards somewhere saying hazard ahead? But, um, yeah. Well, luckily, I made you're, it to one of those... You're always on a board saying hazard ahead. True. Right? I, I, I made it, managed to make it one to one of those little lay-by bits, though, so I was quite happy about that. Oh, did cool. you get to use one of the orange telephones? Or did no, they not have one of those? No, I just, called, I just called the pros. Oh. Don't want to involve them. Although well, they have say, the orange, the, the orange telephones on the sides of motorways anymore. Sure I don't see many yeah. motorways. Yeah. yeah, they do. Island person, they do. Yeah, they do. Yeah. And I don't think there's as many. As, I think there's a more of a gap between them than there used to be. <laughs> yeah, they used to be every like couple of hundred meters, not a couple of hundred meters, like every half mile or something. Yeah, like I think they're further apart now. But mm. now we all got I mobiles, think. so. But, yeah, um, but it depends where you are. Half it, of half the time, oh yeah, my bars yeah. don't work on the mobile. That's true. I'll say, if, you got, if you'd have got no signal, then yeah. it was. It it's was not the, like anyone would need to make a call whilst on the motorway for eight hours, is it? It was. It was an experience because well, I've often thought, "Oh my god, what would I do if I broke down on a motorway?" And now I know. So there you go. That's that question I answered. I don't want to do it again anytime soon. Please, thank you very much. <laughs> well, um, we'll we'll see how. We'll see how you get on. And we'll, well, we'll the worrying thing is... another breakdown in again. The worrying thing is the van they gave me to replace my broken-down van sounds just as bad as my original van. So. Yeah. Is it, a, is it a, an ori- is it a yellow three-wheeler? It's, is it? No, it's a French thing. A French thing? Mm. In fact, it's got the handbrake... Well, it's a Citroen 2CV. <laughs> it's got the handbrake on, on the right-hand side, so and it sticks out a bit. So when you jump out of the cab, the brake thing goes right up your... <laughs> right up there. Terrible. If you if you misjudge it, it's a terrible design. Years ago, a mate of mine lent him me. He's it was a Hillman something. Mm-hmm. Oh, oh, we're talking about cars. in early, well, mid eighties or whatever it was when we all first started driving, right? And I was pulling off, thinking the brakes on this car are stuck. And <laughs> for the life of me, I just think I was pulling everything in the dashboard. I, I had no idea, but it was tucked down the right hand side of the driver's seat. But it was crazy. right down by the bottom, and I thought it was a thing that lifted up the seat. <laughs> you know, in the old days, it used to pump. Yeah. Turned out that was a handbrake. <laughs> <laughs> and I had a Citroen. No, I didn't. I had a Renault that the handbrake was in the dashboard. Or is it a Citroen? A very old one, but it was actually in the dashboard, and you had to pull it out. Mm. Crazy that times. That took some finding. 
Crazy times. No, and now I haven't got you, one. So, so I haven't got one either. No. I actually oh, no, use my wife card with a handbrake and my word, it take, I, every time I use it, it takes me about five goes of using it to remember that, are we here handbrakes? <laughs> <laughs> oh, well, you soon find out from the smell if you leave it left <laughs> exactly. it on. But uh, anyway. Mm. Um, right, so or let's... The, t- the power's not very good and you suddenly think, oh, yes, of course. So let's turn our attention to what we've been watching. Well, I guess what we've all been watching, so we might as well get this one out of the way first, is Frasier, the continuing adventures of Frasier. So the third episode came out uh, Friday for us. And it was okay. You know, I think I think he's getting back into being Frasier again, it seemed to me. Um, there was a lot more quirks that I remember from the other show. Um, Rodney's settling in a bit. He's still cantankerous, though. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, you know, the other characters, even even the sun started to grow on me, which sounds weird now I've just said that. But uh, <laughs> it's it's okay. I mean, it's getting like, it's a comedy. So what more can I want from a 20-minute comedy? That's the trouble. It's not like a big drama or, or sci-fi series where it's got to pull me in. It's just a comedy. It's just a light moment of of, of entertainment for 20 minutes. Um, I am I am seeing an improvement personally over the first two episodes so that's that's good mm. at least it's going in the right direction as as far as i'm do, concerned do, do you know what i'm i i noticed i think i noticed at the beginning of this third episode because I, I i thought it was improving as well i thought the second episode was better than the first the third it's there was a there was a moment where i was kind of i was thinking that it was Suddenly, I was sat watching just any old American um, American comedy in front of a live audience, mm. where the characters are standing facing the audience and talking to the audience. They're not mm. talking to each other, and it was a bit. I was kind of thinking, "Oh well, the, yeah, Frasier never really used to do that." No, and this feels a bit cheap, and it's not really, and it really put me off. I think I think it was right at the beginning. But yeah, it's 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 okay. It's a diversion on a Friday. It don't, it's, uh, I, I'm I'm watching it. I'm watching it on top of. Uh, oh, oh, what's happened there? <laughs> Someone's just collapsed. That's what it sounded like. <laughs> yeah. Well, sorry, I don't know. So. Yeah, well, um, it was it was weird though because one of the scenes in it, um, or one of the the uh, dialogue pieces where um, someone was comparing. Like I was saying, oh, have you ever known what it's like to have a rival sibling, a sibling, and and stuff like this? And obviously, they're referring to Fraser. He looks and knows they're referring to himself and Niles, for example. But I just thought, oh, would it have been so much better for the Brits if that had been the character of Rod, the, the Rodney's character, Nicholas Lindhurst's yeah, character, sure. saying that because that would have been an yes, inside joke. But it yeah. wasn't, unfortunately. Oh, well. well, I watched the episode two and three. You found it, did you? <laughs> Episode two was a vast improvement on episode one, mm-hmm. and episode three went backwards a bit. Oh. But Haley from Castle, I was watching it thinking, who is this girl? It's driving me nuts. And it's Haley mm-hmm. from Castle. It is. And, uh, yeah, it, it threw me a bit because of, obviously she used her English accent in Castle, and now she's got an American accent. And I looked her up, and I think she's Nigerian. So I'm she very. Is. She's very good at accents. That's all I can say. <laughs> and uh, yeah, the um, Nick Lindhurst character. He wasn't the buffoon. There was that that bit where he was 
sort of psychoanalyzing Fraser yeah, without he, Fraser he, knowing he was doing psychoanalyzing. That yeah, worked quite he, he well. He was doing the bit that Niles used to be the sort of counterpart for in the in the main one. Yeah, know? I mean that, that scene yeah. worked quite well. The this this some oh, you know it's funny they they used the the show the the show that as far as I know because I don't remember Frasier ever having a TV show when we saw Frasier it was a radio show yeah well he was just leaving I think that was the yeah. end of it wasn't he, he yeah. was just and leaving because he was offered a TV show yeah and exactly now so he's filling in the gaps yeah, yeah exactly and then they're sort yeah. of saying that the TV show turned into a complete <laughs> yes. carnival right? <laughs> right. A, you know a joke right and. It's almost a metaphor for the way they're behaving. It's really weird. Um, and I just, I don't know, maybe it's intentional for now to sort of, you know, have this, I mean, this hat thing and all the rest of it, it was very, very weird and odd. But it sort of makes sense if they're trying to say, you know, he'd lost his way after the radio show. The bit we didn't see, mm. okay, so the, the time between the Frasier Series, uh, you know, version one and version two, he'd lost his way, and now he's sort of finding his way again. And he's, they're showing a bit of the, you know, the losing his way here, so that they can bring him back a bit. Maybe it, I, I hope so, because it would make some sense as to some of the, you know, quite crass and appalling things they're doing. The only other thing I noticed now, I can't find any reference to this recently. Has he? got a, an issue with walking or yeah he's done his back in right because i was watching this thinking he, he you know he, he looks like he's got a proper problem mm. but i mean as long as it's a short-term thing because i was thinking what are you doing mate you, you don't look very well you don't want to be doing this but i'm glad if it's not anything too serious but he was really walking like um you know very very uncomfortably yeah. so i just something i noticed i picked up on mm. tone yeah, I'm still enjoying it. Um, the character I found annoying is like they 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 have toned that back a bit, so that's, <laughs> you know. Um, yeah, um, if it keeps going like this, then I think it'd be you know quite a fine series to watch. You know, mm. um, I think my expectations might you know if I sort of what you know watching the original, you know maybe my my bar would be a little bit higher, but you know I still think it'd be fine to watch alongside. Yeah, the original bar was set very high. I mean, there are yeah, some of the episodes exactly. in, in that. Yeah. Uh, mind you, it took a long time to get to some of the episodes, but not you know not too long really. I mean, even some of the first series were quite like very good. Um, but it's a case the of series, the first series was very good though. It was yeah. it was it was really really funny. But it's just and, a and case. The first, even the first episode was really good. That's true. I mean, I, mean, it's, I, I do wonder if what happened to Frasier's TV show in that episode is a metaphor for what happened. You know. Because there would have been back background influences, wouldn't there? It's like, oh, they've got to cut down on this, cut down on that element, you know, make it well, more again attempts to make it more mainstream. Although it never really lost a lot with the original run. No, it's yeah. just I think some of the actors wanted to move on and do other things because they've been typecast yeah. and stuff like that. Ironically enough, I mean, I did see an interview where he was saying like they didn't appreciate what he didn't appreciate what they had at the time. Um, but you know, now he can look back on it and sees it as a much better time than it was for him. But he was having all kinds of um, um, bouts with um, alcoholism and and various 
like drug dependencies and stuff like this. So, oh, who Kelsey Grammer yeah, was at the time. So, yeah. I mean, that's some fam- that's why he was like not in so many of the ep- some episodes because he was in rehab or so. Oh, hopefully, that's true. I don't want to slander the man, but yes. <laughs> Um, yeah, the the ones where they focus the episode around someone else yeah, in the family. Or, exactly. Yeah, I know he was having some issues somewhere along the run of the show, and so so I can't remember mm. exactly where. But anyway, it's good. So I'm still enjoying it. I'll still be watching it on Fridays and uh, look forward to it. But there you go. Uh, the other thing and I just quit this week in Fraser, everybody. Come yeah, soon until every week. <laughs> every week you're going to get this until it's over. Um, so I finished the Long Shadow, um, as Alex said last week. It's fantastic. I saw the end. Well, fantastic is the wrong word, really. But um, I saw the end, and I saw how how you know Alex got annoyed by the police <laughs> as the story moved on, and and some of the things became. Um, as they dug their heels into what they thought they were looking for. And, of course, it turns out to be completely wrong. But um, it's a fantastic show, well acted. And if you haven't checked it out yet on ITVX, uh, you, you owe yourself a, a, a favour to, to check it out. It's set, it's so was there seven or eight episodes? Seven it was. We were used. <laughs> so, right. um, and, uh, yeah, worth checking out. So the other thing I've been went back and watched um, this week is – an old comedy from 2013 on BritBox, and I think it was on ITV when it was originally screened, and it's called The Job Lot. And all this is a comedy about a job centre up north. Oh, I remember that. <laughs> up north. So it's ran for three, episodes, three seasons, or series, seasons, no, for, for us Brits. Um, and it's just a funny show. I mean, I read some reviews actually today about when it originally came out, and they were quite dismissive of it, but I can't understand why. But, uh, yeah, so you've got basically an ensemble cast of one, two, about eight, nine characters, and they're all unique, they're all funny, and they're all working in the job centre. Most of them are staff, but some of them are the people who come into the job centre and make up various reasons why they can't get a job. And and it's just funny. I mean, it's got a fantastic cast. Um, I'm not sure if any, our American uh, listeners will know who these people are, but Sarah Hadlin is is the leader of the job center and you'll recognize her from um oh, who was that who was that big tall woman <laughs> who had the shop that sold all the li- little knickknack things oh okay yeah yeah <laughs> she was her friend in that i forgot totally anyway and it's russell tovey as well who's i think he's a serious a, a pro- he's been in various dramas but he's fantastic in this and he plays a character he was called carl doctor who, wasn't he? yeah he was in doctor who. he's in sherlock i believe in the hound of the baskervilles one um he plays a character called Carl. So every all all through the show, people characters call him Carl, and it's like weird when you hear your own name when it's fairly random. Um, and Joe Enright as well, which is she uh, she's a fantastic little actor. Little being the proper word because <laughs> she's a small person, um, not that way small person, just short. And uh, she plays this horrible horrible past jobsworth person in the job center but she's hilarious although the last episode i think takes a very dark turn with her character but um it's fantastic and there's there's two security people one a male one a female uh, and they're both funny as well and of course the people that came in to the job center hilarious as well so miranda i think you're looking for sorry miranda yes Isn't she the yes tall girl? Yeah. i think you're right i think you're right there so yeah i mean it's it's been out a long time now, but you can still watch it on on BritBox. So um, it sounds like something Peter K had come up with, you know, taught one of his. It kind sketches. of it kind of is like that. I mean, it was a, a time yeah. where there was still quite quite they could do pretty much anything they wanted on yeah. on, on the show, and you know, it's very rare that ITV <laughs> modern day ITV shows are funny. 
Um, but yeah. this this is great. Well, not I intentionally, anyway. I, that's true. I yeah. discovered it by accident a couple of years ago, and I just watched the whole lot in one like binge watch. And every now, like mm. once a year, I tend to go back to it because it's only it's only eighteen episodes in total, and I just do it over a few weeks. Uh, and it's just nice to check in with the characters again, even though I know exactly what the jokes are going to be. It's just a nice, warm feeling watching it again. And uh, all the characters are, are likeable. And mm. there's no one, it's, that's all there I've is got, really to it. I've got to say, from the, I mean, the last time I ex- actually went into a job centre was about 14 years ago. So before this, it does sound a bit like a documentary almost, <laughs> the sort of characters. <laughs> yes. Well, you can put it, it it's not shot like that. It is shot like a, yeah. a comedy, but um, it's not, it's not, not, it's like a one camera comedy. It's not like a, a studio set or anything. They're actually, it looks like they're actually there, but so it is worth checking out. If you're not checked it out, Job Lot came out in 2013, currently on BritBox, at least in the UK, um, worth a shot. Alex, do you want to take the next one? Sure, just checking. I was reading yours, actually. I was thinking, oh, I don't remember watching that, and I realised I was reading yours. Okay. Um, right, my first one is Lovejoy. Now, Lovejoy <laughs> was a TV show from the 80s, maybe? That's yeah, when it 80s, 90s. Yeah. Um, and now, I've been watching it because I own Lovejoy, as in I bought the, um, the DVD set years and years and years ago, and I just, I just, I don't know, something jogged my memory and I thought, oh, actually, I might watch one of those because I haven't seen them for years and years and years. So, as always, I've watched one and now I've gone, oh, actually, these were so good. Why haven't I watched these in years and years and years? Um, and I thought, well, we're not really meant to recommend anything unless it's accessible to other people. And I looked it up and, thankfully, it's available on UK TV Play, which means they must be showing it on one of their drama channels or comedy channels, I don't know. Um, Lovejoy, well, the the premise is Lovejoy is a slightly ne'er-do-well antique dealer, but he's always down on his luck. He's always sort of getting into scrapes. He's never actually got any money, but he's known as what's known as a divvy. And they are people supposedly able to actually just sense whether something's right or wrong antique-wise. And, uh, you know, he, he's always getting in scrapes. He's always getting into trouble. He he should be a multimillionaire with the skills he's got, but he, he just never is. Hmm. And he's he's always on the wrong end of every deal. And um, But it's quite charming. It's um, in a part of England that I know very well, and it's a part where my, my, my local family moved to. Uh, Quite a lot based on the fact of, of this program, because originally they started going into that area to see. They'd seen it on Lovejoy, that part of Suffolk, and they thought, well, let's go and have a look and see what that part of Suffolk's like. And, uh, you know, then they bought a weekend house there and eventually moved out of London to live in that part of Suffolk permanently. Um, Ian McShane is the lead character. Um, there's various others. Uh, Phyllis Logan, who... Um, uh, uh, this is the first thing I knew her from. And when she turned yeah. up in Downton Abbey as Scottish, I was thinking, wow, she does a good Scottish <laughs> accent. And turns out, no, she doesn't do a good Scottish accent. She does a good English accent because she is Scottish. I think but this, this is, is the first thing I, most people saw her in. Yeah, and I was like, amazed when I heard her with a Scottish accent. And I was like, well, that, that's well done. In, but, in um, this, she was meant to be sort of quite upper class. Well, yeah, know, exactly. It's e- probably easier to put that voice on than, you know. <laughs> but uh, it's done very well. And then 
various characters because it runs for six seasons various characters go and come back occasionally um um he he, he has various love interests shall we say but um you know he, he, you know, it, it's just a nice charming british i mean it, it is a comedy but it's more of a drama it's just it's nice places nice backgrounds Darth's mm. stories he's always getting himself in trouble everyone else around him is always getting in and out of trouble it's it's just another charming british comedy drama and it's available on uk tv for those that didn't buy the box set of it years and years and years ago yeah. um it's what you might refer to as a as a, as, as gentle, isn't it? It's gentle. Yes, yeah, exactly. On a Sunday, I remember it was on in the Sunday nights usually. Sunday nights in the uh, yeah. in the nineties. Yeah. Uh, that eight o'clock slot. Probably one of the last things I watched before I went to bed. Actually, <laughs> well, that's it was good to know. School the next day. Um, <laughs> but yeah, it's very yeah. charming. It's, it's um, funny, funny, really, because when I saw. Um, because uh, Ian, obviously, Ian McShane being in the in the lead role, the first I think the first time I saw. Um, John John Wick. I think I, was, I may have seen the second one before I saw the first one, but the first time you saw Ian McShane in in John Wick, he's he appears to be buying some dodgy coins off someone or something like that. <laughs> yeah. thinking, oh my God. He's still playing Lovejoy after yeah. all these years. It's, it's when I saw him in Deadwood because I, I know obviously I'd never yeah. watched Lovejoy, but I saw him in Lovejoy, and and then he went seemingly not long after that appearing in Deadwood. And this, as this person, this this horrible character yeah. who'd swear a lot, and it was like a bit of jolting. I remember that thinking, "That's that bloke of Lovejoy." Mm. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. I mean, he did. You know, he's a very well respected actor. Yeah. It's funny enough, Lovejoy was the sort of first thing that he did that wasn't, you know, high theatre. You know, he's that type of actor. But yeah, it, it's a nice, charming show, and. I'm really glad I rediscovered it because of, you know, at testing times, it's always good to have a good distraction. And, um, oh, yes. You know, it's, it's a nice thing. Now, um, because of Steve's review the other week and he said, why doesn't anyone read anymore? I've decided to say the two books that I'm currently switching between are both books based on the elementary Sherlock TV show. Um, now... One of the writers, because obviously being um, an American TV show, uh, there's multiple li- uh, multiple writers on it. And um, one of the main writers called Adam Christopher wrote two novels using the elementary characters as opposed to the normal Sherlock characters. So um, obviously it's Sherlock Holmes, but it's Joan Watson and it's based in New York and it's mm. got all their backgrounds that are relevant. And they're two novels. Um, they're not very long, actually. There's The Ghost Lion and Blood and Ink. Um, I enjoyed The Ghost Lion quite a lot. Um, the ending, I suppose, uh, when I first read it, I was disappointed with the ending. Then I read it again, and I went, no, the ending's much better than I realised it was. Um, I, I sort of guessed it, and then I was wrong, and then right at the end I went, oh, no, I wasn't, I was right. But it was, it had me going backwards and forwards and backwards and forwards, second-guessing myself. Blood and Ink, similarly, I don't think it's the better of the two novels, but if you like elementary and you like the those characterizations of um, 
Sherlock and Joan and all the same, you know, New York characters of the police and the various characters they changed the um, the canon characters into. They're good books. They're the same characterizations, and it works really well. And it's quite nice, actually, because, you know, you can take your time with these, whereas the shows were sort of wham-bang. Every mm. show was finished and completed in whatever it is, 45 minutes. And, uh, you know, you can digest these better, but they're, they're quite good. So it's The Ghost Lion and Blood and Ink by Chris, uh, Adam Christopher and their uh, elementary Sherlock stories novels written by one of the guys that wrote the tv show did you and did you see any was there any um arthur conan doyle references in there i'm trying to think um that you spotted no not really i think they're really based on the they're not like because in elementary there's quite a few of them where you can see where yeah they've taken conan doyle stories and just flipped them to new york and done that thing uh, th- there's a few twists in Elementary, the TV show, which are second to none. They are the best Sherlock twists you're ever going to get. And there's a few things when you first first see them, obviously once you know the twist, you're like, well, I know it's coming. But there's a couple of moments, it doesn't matter how many times I see it, I still get that beat in my heart. You know, and you're like, wow, that is, oh, wow, that was so good. And I miss the fact that I know it. I'd love to be able to see it again for the first time. There's a few of those, but no, this is more just, you know, just stories. They're not, you know, they're they're not of that, you know, trying to twist the canon. And the other, the the last thing I do, and I listen to this quite a lot because actually, to be honest, really boringly, but I haven't been sleeping very well. So I always put something on to listen to at about three o'clock in the morning. Once I know my night's sleep is over and they're the Father Paolo Baldi mysteries. Uh, they were BBC radio dramas, and they are available as the entire series, and there's a lot of them. I, I can't tell how many episodes there are, but you can get them as for one credit on Audible. And um, 20 hours that, and 22 minutes of listening. <laughs> yeah, I mean, but I'm trying to think if there's a weak story, because I don't think there is. Now, I've listened to these quite a few times. There's lots of people in it, lots of star guests you'll, you'll know the names of, and there's a lot of them. But um, Baldi, he's of Italian descent. <laughs> he's got a British accent, and it's set in Dublin, okay? And he's a, a priest on sabbatical uh, teaching in the university, um, they call him a philosophy lecturer, but I don't, he, he, I can't think what he does now. It's not philosophy. It's a form of philosophy. And for the life of me, it's really, really important. And I can't remember what it's called, but it's a form of a particular philosophy that takes, um, which leads itself very directly to being very good at being a detective. Now he's not a detective as such, but he, the first episode he's involved in a, well, he's not actually involved in a crime. He he he's used as an a uh, an Italian interpreter for the police because they can't find anyone to interpret for this um, Italian man that's been attacked in his fish and chip shop, and uh, he finds it really interesting. And he's sort of saying to the policewoman, "You know, have you thought about this?" And she goes, "Look, you know, it's very kind of you, but you're just here as an interpreter." And he's saying, "Yes, but yes, but anyway." So they he 
does a little bit investigating for himself, gets in a little bit of trouble by getting too involved. But turns out he's he's right, and the female police officers, you know, thankful, etc. Of course, so the relationship builds up. And um, the, the, one of the things I like about this is he's a priest, he's a, a lecturer, and he's an assist. He assists the. Um, the police with his investigations and and all the stories are really quite strong they you know they're, they're a good detective yarn and there's you know the, the chief of police that really doesn't like him um and you know it, it's just it, it's a really good story and I, I don't know so for 20 hours 22 minutes of very good detective drama and one of the best best detective dramas I would say in the last 20 years on TV or radio, uh, I'd say for one audio book credit, it's a very, very good credit to spend. And uh, like I say, I've heard all these, originally heard them driving at work uh, 10, 15 years ago. Um, but I remember hearing the first episode, it just happened to come on the radio when I was working in the car. I wasn't working in the car, I was going to work in the car. And that was it, I was hooked. Okay. It was that good on the first episode. I went, well, okay, I got to find out. And, you know, I started <laughs> you tuning in every week at that time, no matter what I was doing, to listen to the next episode. Okay, so it's, um, it's definitely worth an audible credit, and uh, it's Father Paolo Baldi. I can't even say his name. Father Paolo Baldi Mysteries. Is it contemporary? Yeah, I mean, well, contemporary from when it well, was. it was written, obviously. Yeah, yeah. So I, I don't know when it is, but if it's ten, fifteen years old. Uh, maybe, but yeah, it, it's modern day right, okay. Dublin. Cool, uh, it's very good. I've never heard of it. Gotta say, gotta say, oh, it's one of the best BBC uh, detective dramas I've ever. If it was on telly, it would have been massive. But um, the the one thing I should have mentioned is the main character is played by David Threlfall, who's one of the best British actors around. I've never seen him do anything that I am not blown away by, and he's. He's able to bring that acting to the radio in a way that most actors can't do. Okay. And uh, he really makes it. It really works well. Excellent. Excellent. So there well, you go. One I've never heard of. Fantastic. <laughs> um, Russ, what have you been up to? Um, well, the first thing on my list is, of course, Frasier. I know. We've done that one. <laughs> go, any, go any further. Um, yeah, so the, the second one is... Um, I rewatched because uh, a couple of weeks ago I mentioned I'd watched um, Public Service Broadcasting's um, uh, the uh, Public Service Broadcasting. Um, they did a um, they did a, a one of the BBC proms uh, last year. I think it was. I think it was last year. Or Was it this year? I can't remember. But they did a, they did a BBC proms um, commission. Um, called this new noise which was all about you know sort of celebrating 100 years of the bbc and it was it was very good it was really uh, really really good and i'd watched that uh, a couple of weeks ago on uh, on youtube and i decided um the other day to look um have a look on youtube to see if the um if their um uh, performance of race of their album race for space was uh, was on YouTube, and of course it is. So someone's put the whole thing up there, and that was a uh, a BBC Proms performance from 2018, 19, something like that. So what they did is they they uh, they arranged um, 
they arranged their uh, Race for Space album somewhat for uh, to you know to include an orchestra and um, yeah, and they played the whole thing all the way through with a couple of um, well with with an extra with an extra track which is uh, Korolev, which is one of their um, uh, one of the EPs that went along with uh, the Race for Space. It was it was really good. I'd, um, I really really enjoy the album, and I really enjoy the enjoy the performance as well because they're 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 all uh, they're all very uh, they are they are good uh, good performers, and the the music itself is good, and of course the way they interweave these um, you know the recordings from various bits and pieces, especially on the race of spaces, is, is really good. Um, yeah, really really enjoyed that performance. It's on uh, it's on YouTube. Just do a search for public service broadcasting proms race for space and go for the longer one because there is a shorter one which I think has got some things edited out of it. The longer one is uh, is better. So what genre? Now what genre? Someone will kind of come and someone will report it and it'll get taken down. So I'm going to yes. need to uh, whitey download that. So what genre is it? Like classical or rock, rock or it's, Electro it's kind or? of it's rock, it's rock, yeah. Okay, it's, it's guitars, drums, bass, keyboards, um, <laughs> along with tambourine, <laughs> along with other stuff, flugelhorn, for example. <laughs> um, and uh, yeah, you'd you'd have to you'd have to watch it. You can't really um, they uh, they defy um, pigeonholing for want of a better phrase. <laughs> um, yeah. Okay. It's it's. It's it's one of those. I mean, you know, you know what the proms is like. It's not. Oh, yes. It's it's not all classical. It's not all, um, you know, pomp and circumstance. It's it's um it's it's all kinds of different musical musical stuff, um, and uh, and yeah, it's okay. as um as Jay Wilgoose Esquire, who's the frontman for uh, public service broadcasting, and he write he writes all the stuff. He said that uh, you know if the BBC if the BBC wasn't around, then you know could you could you rely on a on a commercial organisation to put something together like the proms as as uh, as um, oh, was it as, as culturally important but um, commercially unviable as the as, as the proms? No, you couldn't. No, the pro- um, the proms is the perfect end to a British summer. Yeah, yeah. I mean, oh, the last couple of weeks of the proms. I mean, the proms do go on a bit too long. I think but the last couple of weeks of the proms are. I don't know. <laughs> I, I've got a special headphone amplifier on my TV just for the last couple of weeks of the proms <laughs> because I can't ever play it loud enough through normal headphones for my enjoyment. And it's the one, two, one, two weeks. It's the two weeks of the year. If the, the kids and my wife walk in and I'm wearing headphones, they know they're just not going to disturb me. Yeah. It, it, honestly, it's the high point of my year in a lot of ways. Magnificent, the proms. Huh. Yeah. Well, a couple, a couple of years ago, I went to see the um, um, sound sound of space prom, um, right. and that was actually that was actually a couple of weeks after the uh, the the race for space uh, one, and that was that was all um, um, that was all um, sci fi um, sci fi. Yeah, well, they did the Doctor Who at the proms not that long ago, didn't they? Yeah, I think there was. I think there was. Yeah, yeah um, Aggie Man or whatever her name was. Yeah, it was last, one of the anniversaries, wasn't it? Yeah. Right. Yeah, yeah. Last year, I think is it either last year or the year before, I went to see um, the video game music one as well. That was that was very good. Yeah. Um, but yeah, if you go if you go and see the ones that are that aren't late, you know they start they start at seven. You're you're done by eight thirty and you're out. And you've had, <laughs> yeah. you've, you've paid next to nothing to go see it. So and you get to see some of the world's greatest 
classically you, trained musicians. You get to see world class, you know, world class musicians like this, like the uh, the London Contemporary Orchestra I saw a few years ago, and I can't remember who it was who did the um, did the video game orchestra. It might have been the LCO again, actually. I'm not sure, but yeah, world class, world and, class, mind blowing. And you've also been doing a book, haven't you, Russ? I've been doing a book. <laughs> well, I don't know. What you call an audio? Do you do? Is it called doing a book, or is it reading a book, and listening it's to not, a book? It's, it's available on Amazon, but it's an Amazon original. Um, it's called Isaac Steele and the Forever Man, and it is quite possibly one of the funniest things I've listened to in quite a long time. It's by, it's written and narrated by Daniel Rigby. Um, it's it's one of these it's one of these audio books where it's 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 performed it's a bit like you know if they're you know you listen to someone on 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 the bbc and it's not just someone sitting there you know doing various voices with nothing else and just reading the book out it's it's actually he's actually performing it so it's more um, of an audio drama than in, yeah in some yeah, ways kind of which, yeah. which a lot of these do turn into to be fair so yeah 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 and it's um you know it's it's been it's been you know compared to the um the Hitchhiker's Guide to the Galaxy and things oh, like right. that, and, yeah. and it's. Um, but yeah, it's. I mean, the summary goes uh, brought to you by Its Majesty's Government, Greatest Britain for a Global Universe. Uh, Agent, Isaac, Agent Isaac Steele has problems. He spends all his splibs on drink and drugs. He has some deep-seated and very much unresolved issues with his parents and his robotic partner and Greatest Britain Department of Clarification, Doctor Timothy Stevens, is ruled by more. It's ruled more by his heart. Than his hard drive, <laughs> um, but yeah, it's 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 a really good it's a really good story, um, and it's and it's funny and it's um, yeah contains strong language, um, but it's you know it's very well um, it's it's very well, well performed, uh, but it basically it's it's set several hundred years in in the future after the uh, after World War Six or something stupid like that, and half the half the Earth is 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 uninhabitable. Um, and basically, uh, England rules the world and most of the um, uh, most of the discovered universe. Um, and it's basically the you know it's it's, it's referred to as Greatest Britain, and in it's uh, and you refer to the government as Its Majesty's government. So obviously, it's run by a computer or something like that. Um, and it's um, yeah, it's it's it, it's really good. I, if you've got, I mean, if you've got. Um, if you've got an Audible account, then you can pick it up for free. I think I don't think it takes a um, I don't think it takes a credit uh, a credit. Yeah, mm-hmm. so you can just you can just you can just go ahead and go ahead and listen to it. Um, it's uh, it's very highly rated. You know, four and a half stars, four <laughs> four point seven out of five. Yeah, sorry. exactly. So Never heard of it. This one either. Um, it's it's really good and it's and it's it's got some really hilarious moments in it. Um, my brother and sister and I went to um, um, went up to uh, the Lake District earlier this year, and uh, my brother said, "Oh, we should we should listen to this. It's really good." And um, and yeah, we we listened to it on the way up, and uh, yeah, yeah, not too long. Really enjoyed it, and I and I listened to it again just recently. <laughs> Seven hours. Well, I just clicked add to library, and it didn't charge me a credit. Yeah. So yep. It's in my library. Even better. It's free if you already pay. For, I do. Actually. For Audible. <laughs> Should be good. So, that. Um, yeah. Yeah. It's it's very good. Highly recommended. Excellent. Highly recommended. Excellent. Thanks very much for that recommendation. Mm-hmm. We'll check that out. Um, Tone, 
Uh, yeah, I've only got one thing other than Frasier uh, this week, and it I saw it on Amazon Prime. It's uh, The Continental Ooh. from the world of John Wick. The world of John Wick. <laughs> so if you're familiar yeah. with the, the the four John Wick films that have been out, you know, Keanu Reeves, you know, Blasty Shooty. That's not about the, sh- the choice of breakfast, then. <laughs> <laughs> I know. It's like I mean, it's uh, it's funny you mentioned Ian McShane earlier with you know, Lovejoy because it's a, it's centering on his character and how he became you know the sort of manager of the Continental in the in the John Wick films. You know, it's um, I, I've only watched the first episode so far, and it was uh, an hour and a half just for one episode. Yeah, I did think feel, isn't it? It three, felt like a movie on its own, isn't it? You three know? one and a half hour episodes. I think. Yes. Yeah. Um, I do wish they'd slightly broken it down differently, hmm. but, but, you know, I've only got through the first one yet. Um, it's very good. It's like, you know, you've got, all right, you've got Mel Gibson there, but he is a bad guy that you want, you know, <laughs> you, you want to end up usurped by, you know, Winston Scott, which is, you know, the main character that this focuses on. Um, it's a lot of the same style visually as, as the John Wick films, you know. Um, what about action? You know, uh, yeah, a lot of the Wick. same kind of fight scenes. You know, but, um, I don't know if they've got these sorts of it's the same rules yet as in the John Wick films. You know, where the Continental was a neutral place where there's meant to be no fighting. Well, that obviously, <laughs> obviously, that changes in one of the films. You know, but yeah, but you know the, the rules that were there early on in that series is you know, there's still some semblance of that rules there. There's uh, recognizable younger versions of the characters. You know, from the film series, um, I'm looking forward to looking at the other two episodes. But I just think I will probably break them down myself into you know only watch half of one. And they're not going to have a young John Wick in it, are they? You uh, I, I don't think so. No, because I mean, even even Winston is only is quite young here. He's, what maybe twenty twenty five? Keanu Reeves isn't a young <laughs> a young pup anymore. <laughs> no, he's not. No, that's true, and, and and that's I suppose the John Wick is meant to be sort of the you know gruff. He's, he's seen it all. You know, he's meant to be a bit of a veteran. Mm-hmm. Um, I I think if this gets another season or series, then they might do that. But I'm yeah, hoping they don't in this in in this run. Okay, so you're sticking but, with um, it. Yeah, so far it's like it had enough sort of different strands of the plot as well to keep you know, it's like it's not just a guy you know. He doesn't know yet that he's going to what he's going to become. Um, what do any of us? <laughs> well, no, but it's, it's like he, you know, it's like he knows about the Continental, but it's like, yeah, and he knows it's like he's, he's got a problem with the guy running it and uh, and so okay. on. But but there's also a, a lots of other little um, strands. Uh, I mean, it starts with like a robbery at the Continental on New Year's Eve, I think it was, and and yeah, that, that's why they're chasing this guy down, who is uh, Winston Scott's brother. <laughs> He's a weird. He's a weird world. John Wick inhabits because, like, everybody seems to be an assassin. <laughs> Just the entire yeah. world. Because there's no, there's no normal people. Yeah. No, it doesn't seem to be anyone. <laughs> so, I mean, he's great for action. Obviously, don't get me wrong. He's just yeah. a weird, a weird concept. And especially if they, in general, isn't it? There are no normal people. Well, it's just as they build up on it, as they build on the the legacy, as they've gone along. You think what the hell's going? Is there any normal people in this world? It's just it's either yeah. everyone just seems a bad person. It's weird. Yeah, well, 
Yeah, and apparently there's going to be another spin-off called Ballerina, I think it is. Um, which, uh, you know, I, I think I'll I'll wait for this to end, you know. You know give, I'll, I'll break the other two episodes down, I think, you know, mm. so I won't watch it all at once. Because <laughs> an hour and a half, you know, hour and a half for one episode is, it's a movie. I don't necessarily want to watch a, a movie. They could have broke this down more, you know, it feel more like Daredevil when they did that as a series or something. Mm. Well. But yeah, but yeah, still very good and I want to continue it. These things, these things where they keep, it's like, yeah, whatever from the world of, from the world of John Wick. Like, uh, could you not, could you not find something else? It is weird. Not come up with something else. I mean, I remember, I remember a time way back when, when we were on an episode, I don't know. 20 of this show that new original stuff was coming out all the time what? you're crazy yeah. you're crazy yeah yeah it's like well, that you don't see i mean if you think back to something i don't know a series like life on mars for example mm, that was yeah. that was new hadn't been seen before hadn't been done before and that was only what 10 years ago <laughs> until the oh, americans copied it yeah. 13 years ago <laughs> yeah. oh well yeah but they've been they've been doing that for years <laughs> and that was terrible but, um, and and yeah. then this one, it does focus on one of the sort of what who becomes a main character in the films. If if they just said, "Oh yeah, it's in the same universe," but we don't meet those characters, mm. or you know, it was mm. only a loose connection, there's, would that have been better? Uh, there, there seems to be a there seems to be a need to for for writers to to need to ask what was that person doing in the time before we saw them now what what was what was the guy you know the what's the story of the guy who works on the at the de- on the desk at the continental it's like well maybe he's just a really boring bloke maybe he's just someone that works at the desk at the continental <laughs> yeah maybe he just maybe he just works there <laughs> i mean the the thing about it is is that we don't you know we don't get um sadly we don't get um oh what's his name uh, lance reddick i suppose that's that would mm. be a, uh, well we won't we won't be seeing him anymore because he because he, he passed away when was it was it last oh yeah it was early this year lance reddick passed away mm-hmm. so we won't ever see that character ever again which is a bit of a shame um well you, you say you say but, that the character's there but obviously it's not him yeah it's they found him. someone to play the younger version and so on yeah yeah, yeah. but well it doesn't know. after episode four the season uh movie four it doesn't you know, unfortunately, it doesn't well, really matter now. Yeah, anyway. exactly, yeah. But, um, yeah. Yeah. yeah, but yeah, it was a good actor, actor, and he was mm. in lots of things. Yeah. Um, mainly a character actor, I think. But um, yeah, yeah. it's always got like, popping up, and you think, ah, it's that guy. Yeah, he was in Bosch as well. He was really good in, really good in Bosch. Mm. Well, mm. well, considering they nowadays can't help but hit do remakes and and things like this. Mine's coming from two thousand and four. Called the Manchurian Candidate, which is a remake. <laughs> I was going to say the original wasn't in two thousand and four. That's the Frank. Uh, was it Frank Sinatra was in the original? Wasn't. I think yeah. so. Yeah, it's a long time ago. Yeah. So this is a film by John Demi. Um, and John Demi has got a very distinct filming style. He'll do, he'll do. He's done like things like Philadelphia and and um, obviously Science of the Lambs, which he won an Oscar for, I believe, uh, and. His directing style is the characters will talk directly at the camera, so they're looking you in the face 
multiple times, no matter what the scene is. They're looking straight at you. And it's really weird. I, I guess it's, I don't know if it's meant to make you feel uneasy or something, but it's just weird direction choice. But it's his style. Uh, I, I, I think he even done it back when he, he done Married to the Mob. So a vague memory. But um, I'm not sure about his earlier stuff before that. Anyway, but so it's a remake. Um, it's about a, a group of Persian Gulf War uh, soldiers who 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 are in the modern world as it was back then, uh, and they 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 swear that one of their party was saved all their lives, saved them all, got them out of this tricky situation. But they keep having bad nightmares about weird things going on, um, weird experiments and stuff. And the whole thing is is like a massive conspiracy theory uh, about about all these soldiers being brainwashed uh, and they're trying to move, they're trying to move um, the presidency out of the way so they can take over. Back in the back in the the original, I think it was the Vietnam War itself, or, or even before that, it may, might be in the Korean War. Thinking about it, but um, obviously that was a different place. So Manchurian, in this case, um, relates to um, a medical facility where these experiments take place. Um, and it's it's okay. It's got Denzel Washington in it, starring. And it, obviously he does his, his usual bang-up job. It's got Mel Streep in it as well. John Voight, Leif Schreiber. Schreiber and Anthony, Ma- uh, Anthony Mackie as well. I'm not sure how many appearances he'd make mm. up, made up until then, but he's in it. As well as Jeffrey Wright as well. So it's got some few people in it who, who've gone on to bigger and better things since then. Um, and it's, it's okay. It's not, it's not, it's, I mean, I I love conspiracy theories like three days of the condor and parallax view and stuff like this. It's, it's not up by their standards and it's a, it's very predictable towards the end as well. I think, um, I mean, granted I'd seen the original, so perhaps I'd like lend against that, but it doesn't follow the original quite as closely as it, it probably should. But, um, but yeah, I, it's it's okay, I suppose, if you want to see a Denzel Washington movie. I keep watching Denzel Washington bloody movies lately. I don't know what that's about. But um, it is... A it man is, crush. That's yeah, that's right. It is, um, it, is nice. it is a fairly well-put-together film. And like I say, he's got a very distinct direction style. Um, it's competently done, competently shot. It's a, it's a story based on another story. Um, I'm not sure if it was a book originally. I've got no idea, to tell you the truth. But uh, yeah, it's all competently acted. It's just missing that thing, like to push it over, push the bar really high, and make it a must see. It's it's it's, it's okay. Don't. <laughs> I mean, don't. that's the only thing I can do. And but you can see it at the moment. It's currently on Prime and it's on Paramount Plus as well. So if you want to check it out, but I, I really suggest checking out the original. More than this one, if yeah, you can find I was going to say, I, I think I watched this one before I even knew of, of the original. It's, it's so, That's because you're like, a whippersnapper. <laughs> so I, I went in thinking, oh, that, that was actually a good film. And then I watched, yeah, I went, I went back. It's like, ah, okay. Mm. Like with Ocean's Eleven, I went and checked out the original as well. And, and they're both, yeah, they're both fine, really. Yeah. yeah. In fact, the start. Oh, the original, I, I would say that the original, the remake of Ocean's Eleven. I think is better than the original. Oh yeah, I think it is. The, the mm. originals, it's it's the the original is of its time. Yes, but yeah, hmm. 
Yeah. No, they're it's totally nice, nice, nice to see that collection of actors. But um, but yeah, so it was also they obviously they changed the ending and it's yeah. You know, oh, they certainly did. Yes. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> also, There's something a lot, a lot more comical about the original ending. <laughs> Also, it was yeah. It was a bit. It was yeah. It, that was strange. Sort of watch, watching them all sort of walking away, kind of. Oh, I was say, it, was, it was all, all that right. all that serious serious movie then. Oh yeah. And, ah. uh, whoops. <laughs> also, yeah. the start of the original yeah. Manchurian Candidate is a much more intriguing, I think, than the start of this one because they're sort of like in the middle of the experiments, and you think you're sort of watching it because uh, it's a group of soldiers talking to like. Um, uh, a women's institute meeting and you think what the hell's this about and as time goes on more and more odd things start to happen and it's more intriguing i think it grabs your attention better and holds on so um yeah if you can i don't know where you can get hold of it manchurian candidate check out the original but if you can't check out this one as well for the brainwashing stuff um quite interesting and i think no, that's the it. original was a very good film very very good and i think that's it i think we've gone through our stuff yeah, it's got to be something people like out of that lot. Yeah, well, it's quite. Well, a few. Well, and if they if they don't, I could always add in uh, a, one one more, which is Mastering Amiga C by Paul Evera. That's I, <laughs> I've 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 glanced at it a few times over the last few weeks when I've been waiting for things. If no, I'm, you, I'm sure you're right. There might be somebody, the guy yeah, that wrote it, maybe. If one. you find yourself needing to write something in Amiga C, then yeah, you'd maybe. have to get a time machine first and go back. 30 years before and then you might find yourself this is this this is the silly thing about the amiga because people are still writing software for it people are still making games for it they're still making accelerators for the damn thing i mean i bought a uh 68 was it 68020 uh it's like a 25 megahertz accelerator with eight megs of ram on it Thing goes like stuff it goes it's absolutely blistering fast it's only got four lines of code in it, so it's not that yeah. bad. And actually, if you think if you think about it now, on in in this in this room, I only have either ARM or sixty eight k powered machines. There's no Intel. Yeah, stuff. Nothing in between. No, there's no, there's no. I mean, there's no, there's no Intel stuff. There's no, um, there's no x eighty six. Unless bad. one of the smart gadgets in here has got a like an Intel Atom processor in it or something like that. Mm. Well, but probably not. You never know. You never know in this day and age. So, any mm. any well, anyone got, got anything they're looking so forward to watching next up. week? Then, by any chance? I've had no idea what you said because it was all. I'll just say, has, has anyone got anything they're looking forward to watching for the next episode? Fraser, Fraser, yeah, that's good. <laughs> <laughs> well, if I if I get a chance to not be messing around my kitchen, uh, do you know what I watched? Oh, about two years ago. And I was thinking about it recently, and I want to rewatch it. Have you ever watched The Conversation? Yep, loads of times. Yeah, okay. Because I, 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 it popped into my head something about Gene it. Gene Hackman. Yeah, the something um, about it popped into my head recently. I thought I must rewatch that because I, I remember trying to watch it about four times, and the first ten minutes was just mind-numbingly boring. Oh no! You know Not the bit you where they're sort of using the parabolic yeah. mic trying to listen. And it was doing my head in. And then I got past that on about the 10th attempt and I went, this film is magnificent. Exactly, exactly. Is it anything like um, My Dinner with Andre or whatever it's called? No. no. So I've never seen that either. It's about about, um, a person who spies on people's conversations for for money. And it's just how... Back in... Remember, it's set 
um, early 80s, late 70s? I can't remember. So it's how they struggle, how the hell they're doing like sneaking people's conversations like the CIA and various, you know, detective stuff. Mm-hmm. And it's just amazing. It's like my, my, my mate Barry, I, I recommended to him and he said, that's rubbish, right? And he didn't make it. It's like Alex, he didn't get halfway through the opening. I went, no, dude, you got to see. And it was only a few months ago, he came back to me and went, do you know what? I finally watched The Conversation. It's one of the best films in the world. <laughs> Yeah, it is. It's one of the best films, but it's oh, yeah. so hard to get through that first. It is. Because you're thinking, why? There's nothing going on. No. It's just this, it's, uh, this camera lens can, following people around, and you're getting snap snippets of words, and you're not picking them up. And you're like, why would anyone want to watch this? I'll tell you what, is, Alex. Is it second screen friendly? That's what no, I need to know. Definitely not. It's so, not. No, you really save need it, to concentrate. Save it for next week. week. That means it's actually good then. Save it for next week, yeah. Alex. You can be one of your picks. There you go. I'll watch it again because I've been meaning yeah. to watch it again. So I've been, it's been sitting there waiting to go and I'm thinking I need time, but I need to concentrate on this yep. one. Yep. You um, concentrate on the kitchen, Alex. The kitchen. Yeah. Yeah. Well, kitchen. in the meantime, Alex, where can we get hold of you, sir? In my kitchen. <laughs> he's, rushing, he's rushing now. You can hear it in his voice. Um, got, I want to get a bed. A Fox in London on Twitter or some version of that. Indeed. Good stuff. Russ? Um, for the hundredth time or the hundred and forty hundred and forty odd time <laughs> if you've if you've uh, if you still have access to any of the lost episodes of this the podcast. Lost um, you can get me um, on threads at SF Drummer. And that's Pretty much the same everywhere else, I would say. Mm. You grab that before anyone else can grab it and make it yours. I grabbed it. I grabbed it as soon as Threads was available. Anything to get away from Mister Musk and his. <laughs> what's, and what's, his what does the SF stand for? Super Threads. Uh. <laughs> See, some people, some people think when I when I when I <laughs> this sounds really dodgy. When I used to go in the chat rooms, but you know. In, in podcast chat rooms or live, you know, live chat things, people would people would think it's it stood for San Francisco. Okay, but it it doesn't. No, it stands for Super Frets, which is the first band I was in, which was Super nineteen ninety seven <laughs> until two thousand and something eight, <laughs> something like that. Mm, yeah, it's quite. And you were a drummer. Yeah. yeah, I'm a musician as well because I played the bass and the guitar. I wrote the theme tune to this podcast. Sung the theme the tune. Yeah. <laughs> did you sing it? <laughs> so, I didn't so, sing it. No, who's got the squeaky why chair? Why people keep knocking wow. things over while we were recording? <laughs> uh, Tone, where can we get hold of you, sir? Um, yeah, on on the Twitter, Tone Seven X Twenty. Um, trying to mo- migrate a lot over to Blue Sky now as well. Blue Sky. Uh, on the same, uh, yeah. Okay, cool. Same cool. name. Wait, there's a um, there's there's an account uh, account I really like um, who's just done who's just done the same or who, who is is doing the same. That's uh, the space shipper on uh, on um, what used to be on Twitter, but uh, is also doing stuff on Blue Sky now. And it's and it's kind of it's kind of posts about about sci-fi ships and things like that. It's some Ooh, really good stuff. Sounds interesting. My name's Carl Madden. You can hold me on Twitter at Clause 0101, where I will be going nowhere because I still love that platform. So there he is. 
Um, and that's pretty much it from us for another week. So if you'd like to send us a review, please. Now we've done 100 shows, we'd like to have another review. It's been a while and we've not had one. So if you don't mind hopping on to the podcast app, I guess, from Apple, because that seems to be the only place you can do reviews, uh, seek out the airwaves, give us some stars, write a review. We'd love to read it out on the show as always. Uh, and it'd be great to hear from anyone out there listening. Fantastic. So that's pretty much it from us this week. So we'll be back again next week with more stuff that we've been watching, listening and reading. So until next time, everybody out there, stay safe and be nice to each other. Bye. Bye-bye. Bonjour. <laughs>